bless you. For anyone that's new today, we uh, hope you're encouraged and we hope the Word really touches you today. Who's ready to get into the Word of God? I'm going to read from the Amplified Version today. Normally I read from the Christian Standard Bible, but I really felt today with the verses that God gave me, I'm going to go Amplified. <laughs> Someone said about time. Thanks, Robin. Bless you. <laughs> That's so good. Woo. You know, if it's Amplified, you know it means I can speak for longer. Because it's Amplified. Ah, okay, right here. So, Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you that you are teaching us the things of your kingdom. You're giving us a different perspective. You're giving us a higher perspective of so much. And we just ask that we would continue to have eyes opened, ears opened, hearts opened in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as the people of God, we have an assignment from the Lord. And our assignment is to rebuild, renew and restore. People, lives, families, cities, towns, that is our mandate and our assignment to rebuild, to renew and restore. I'm convinced more than ever that we need a revelation of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. The spirit of Antichrist is at work in the church in our nation. We do not need to look too far to recognize that the spirit of Antichrist, anti-Jesus, anti-anointing, pulling down the things of heaven is at work in our church, in our nation. And we need to continue to be a people that stand for Jesus and stand for his kingdom. Amen? We need to stand on the word. We need to be a people of the word and we need to be a people of the spirit. Many fellowships are one or the other, but God calls us to be both because the Word testifies that Jesus is Lord and the, test, and the Spirit testifies that Jesus is Lord. The Spirit takes the Word of God and transforms us from the inside out. You know, fear is everywhere, and I've said this a couple of times lately. Fear is everywhere. Everywhere. But we thank, we thank the Lord that we're reminded of verses that we've been looking at recently, like Hebrews chapter 12. And it says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, this is verse 28, we are, since we receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken, I will not be shaken. You know, I was sharing with someone during the week, getting off track, I'm, I'm uh, amplifying it now, that Jesus was asleep in the boat he was asleep in the boat. The storm, the waves, the wind was crashing all around. But Jesus was asleep in the boat. He had total peace and rest. And the disciples were like, isn't he, isn't he worried? Like, we're going to die out here. What's going on? But Jesus knew that the Father had a plan and a purpose for him that was not yet accomplished. He could rest. Because he knew that the Father finishes what he starts. Yes, he taught the disciples a lesson in that, in that place. He taught them a few lessons. But he was so confident, he was so assured in the Father that he did not need to stress. And I'm like, wow, I, wa I want that kind of peace. Anyone else? Woo! 
We're not holding on till Christ returns. The church of Jesus Christ is not holding on till Christ returns. Where on earth does it say that in Scripture? Somewhere in end time theology, that's, where, that's, that's what people think. But the problem with that is that it's fear-based. We fear of losing everything. We fear of that we're going to not have enough food. We fear of not having enough finances. We fear of fear, 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 fear. We are not holding on until Christ returns. But we as kingdom men and women of God are called to occupy and increase until he comes. Jesus ushered in the kingdom and he said, keep building the kingdom. Keep, keep seeking first the kingdom until I return. And when I return, I will take you to be with me. We're called to occupy and increase until he comes. Scripture says the gates of hell cannot prevail. And you've heard me say this before. They're defensive things. They're not offensive. They're keeping people out. But they will not prevail. I don't know about you, but we just need to plunder hell to populate heaven. Today we will see how we are God's people. As God's people, that we are His answer. You are His answer. To your family, to your friends, to your circle of influence, to those in your workplace, whatever it is, you are His answer. You are His answer to the brokenness in this world. Did you know that? You are the answer to, his, to the brokenness that's in this world. And that's why I, I say it's, it's so important to be balanced in everything. If we BBB without do, 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 or we do, do, do without BBB, it doesn't work. We are worshippers. We are kings and priests. But we're also called to serve. The Bible says serve one another in love. And the Bible says, the Lord says, go and make disciples of nations. From a place of worship, I love the story in the, in the, I think it was like the 14 or 1500s, somewhere up in one of the islands off Scotland, there was these monks. Isn't it? I mean, God can use monks. I don't mean that in a derogative way, but like when, when I read this account, I was like, what? You see, the, depending on the waters and the tide and the, and the moons and stuff, and like all this stuff, they, they lived on this little island and they were cut off from the mainland. And when the water was so deep that they could not cross, they used that as a sign to pray and to fast and to worship. But then as soon as the tides dropped and as soon as they were able to cross over onto the mainland, they would take that as a sign from God it was time to go. And they were seeing signs, wonders, healings and miracles in the name of Jesus. It's just balance, isn't it? It's balance. We can't, but the, but the thing about this, to rebuild, to renew and restore, we are called to rebuild and renew and restore this city and the region around it. The desolate places, the broken places, we are called to rebuild it and renew it and restore it. Not just to live a nice little comfy life in a beautiful part of Australia. We are blessed to be in this place, yes. 
But we're called to be people that rebuild and renew and restore. But the thing is that we can't do that if we're not rebuilt, renewed and restored here. How can we rebuild and restore other people if I'm still struggling with that in myself? And this is why we need a revelation. We need an awakening in the Church of Australia about what Jesus has actually done for us. We die to self and we rise with Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. So why does the church, why does the people of God still dabble in the things of the old when we're made new in Christ? He said, you can't do it. The law couldn't do it. And you can't do it, but I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to remove that stony heart of yours. And I'm going to give you a new heart. And I'm going to put my spirit in you. And I'm going to move you. All we need to do is yield. We just need to yield. That's why Evan Roberts in the Welsh Revival said, Bend us, Lord. Bend us. What he was saying, God, everything of us has to go. Your Lord, we yield to you. And if we yield to him, there is no place for unforgiveness. There's no place for bitterness. There's no place for shame. There's no place for fear. There's no place for these things because they're not in Christ. You overcome evil with love. With good. Someone wrongs you. You don't go, oh, that Ollie. Oh, man. Did you, that, that Ollie. You go, I love you, man. I really love you. Oh. <laughs> I'm a bit loud, aren't I? Oh, I thought I was ringing around. I thought something was ringing. I could hear something ringing around. Sorry, I get excited. I get excited about the preaching the Word of God. <laughs> Woo! You know, thank you. I will. These verses in, that we read, and you can read them and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard them before, Tim. You know, I'm going to read them from the Amplified Version. Maybe you haven't heard that before. Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. Repent. That's a swear word in a lot of churches nowadays. Repent. In brackets. Change your inner self. Your old way of thinking. Your regret of past sins. And live your life in a way that proves repentance. Seek God's purpose for your life, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wow, that's pretty good. I'm taking stuff off. I'm getting rid of my old stinking thinking. I'm not, I'm not letting the enemy do a seagull poop on me anymore. And I'm going to move forward. What? That just popped into my head. Because I remember that I've had birds poop on me before. And that's what the enemy tries to do to us. He tries to poop on us to make us feel like we're, you know, something that we're not. So repent. Change your inner self. Your old way of thinking. Sorry if that offended anyone. Sorry. Sorry about that. Kind of. Regret, regret past sins. Live your life in a way that proves repentance. And seek God's will and purposes for your life. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
There's so much in that verse. Read it, study it, eat it. Do it, Jeremiah. Eat it. Probably not the page, otherwise you won't be able to read it again, but you know what I mean. John chapter 3, this is just one of my verses that I've been in for weeks, months now. You know, Nicodemus, this interaction with Nicodemus. And Jesus answered him, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless a person is born again, that is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed and sanctified, he cannot ever see and experience the kingdom of God. You see, how can we rebuild, renew and restore broken Bundaberg if we haven't taken on the new nature ourselves? How can we? We can't. It would be hypocritical. I'm out there doing this stuff for Jesus, but inwardly I'm a mess. And I'm thankful that we are a people. We've had some amazing testimonies of people being so real. Take the mask off. I need help. I need someone to lift up my arms. I need healing. And I thank, I'm so thankful that we are those people. You know, Matthew, Matthew 6, jumping around a bit, Matthew 6, verse 24, it says, No one can serve two masters, for, for either he will hate the one, which remember in the Greek means love less than, and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Mammon unpacked, money, possessions, fame, status, whatever is valued more than the Lord. You see, he has to be first. It can't be money. It can't be possessions. It can't be fame. It can't be status. And, you know, it can't be your car. It can't be any of that stuff. It all has to go. Not necessarily go. But it has to go from being priority in here. It has to be secondary. You cannot serve two masters. The early church grabbed a hold of this. They realized this. So that's why they shared possessions and goods. Because the possessions and goods did not have any hold on them. Only Jesus did. In verse 21, it's another one of my favorite verses. For where the treasure is, where your treasure is, your heart, your wishes, your desires, your dreams, that, that, that which your life is centered upon will be also. I remember that song I used to sing a few years ago, you know. can't think of what it's called now. It goes, Lord, you have my heart, and I will search for yours. Let me be a living sacrifice, or something like that. Lord, you have my heart, and I will search for yours. Jesus, take my life and lead me on. That's where it is. Lord, you have my heart. And I will search for yours. You know, the things that I see, 
the things that I see in, in visions, the things that I see in dreams, the things that I see in the spirit of what God can do in a city purely comes because Jesus is the one that I worship. As you worship Jesus, the things that are on his heart become transferred onto your heart. That's why it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart because everything else lines up because he is the desire of your heart and whatever he desires, you start to desire. And somewhere in that, he blesses you because he knew that I always liked to live by the beach and for the first time in my life, I'm living by the beach. But I didn't seek the beach, I sought Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm going to take you on this journey. And there's going to be valleys. And there's going to be battles. And there's going to be hardships. He didn't tell me all that at the first time. There's people that are going to stab you in the back. You people are going to dishonor you at every turn that you face. Stuff is going to be shared about you that you don't even want to know about, my son. But I want you to seek me. You're going to feel like giving up. You're going to feel like hiding. You're going to feel like running away. But when Jesus is the center, you can't do that. do that Jesus wants your heart every bit of it every bit of it someone in our fellowship had a dream a couple of months ago and they've only just shared it this week but it speaks it's about polluted waters that have an appearance of something and yet there's, there's, there's contamination Because God wants all of our heart. Because he said, whoever believes in me, whoever believes in me, out of them will flow rivers of living water. There is no pollution in living water. There is no contamination in living water. There's no unforgiveness, bitterness, strife, anger, jealousy, rage. There is none of it. Because it's living water and it comes from the throne of God. And sometimes we've just got to get a little bit thirsty for Jesus. Come and drink Ooh. from the wellspring of life and let the rivers of living water, the contamination, things from the past that still affect us today. Jesus is saying, give them, every, give them to me. Come. Maybe we should have had the cross down here today, Dave, the one that you made. You know, what, whatever is stopping you, whatever is still affecting you, whatever it is, come and lay it at the foot of the cross today that there would be no contamination in your heart and your life anymore. Seasons are hard sometimes because in the midst of it, we have to yield. Because we sing a song that says, Lord, have your way. (laughs) And then we go, "Uh uh-oh. Okay. Jesus gave his everything for us, didn't he? Jesus gave all for us. And guess what? He desires all of us. (laughs) I want to turn today to our two major passages. I'm sorry, that was the introduction, Liz. Sorry. (laughs) My in-law, bless you. I tell you what, we are blessed with some great in-laws. Frank and and Carol, Chris's parents, are awesome. They love Jesus with a passion. They want to be obedient to him. Liz, I mean, crikey, couldn't ask for any better. 
<laughs> so good. Anyway, we get into Isaiah 58 and 61. I promise I'll, I'll try not to get, stay too long in there. Both passages speak of a people who have set themselves apart for the Lord. Both passages. Yes, they're in the Old Testament. They're under the Old Covenant. But there's, but there's kingdom here. There's kingdom in Isaiah 58. There's kingdom in Isaiah 61. And I want you to see the kingdom of God, you know, through that lens. Or, or I want you to read these passages through the lens of the kingdom of God. Is that okay? All right, good. Good. Because the effect of the inward is the outward. The effect of what Jesus does in here, what happens in here, is the outwards. You cannot give away what you first have not received. People who struggle to forgive other people don't fully know that they are forgiven. That's where the battle is. If you struggle to forgive other people, it's because you still do not know that you are totally, wholly forgiven in Christ. If you struggle to love people even when they throw a curveball at you, it's because you don't know the, the fullness of the love of God that he has poured out for you. And so, so often we look at the external, like Kathy, oh my goodness, Kathy, instead of going, man, I, God, I need to know you love me. I need to know that love. I need to know that forgiveness. I need to know that. See, what happens in here just starts to automatically get flow. So this is what we see in Isaiah 58 and Isaiah 61. Oh, boy. I'm going to skip through some of these verses because in the Amplified, it might take me a little while to read the whole chapter. It talks about verse 2 of Isaiah 58. They seek me day by day and they delight superficially to know me. Ooh. As if they were a nation that walks in righteousness and is not abandoned, turned away from their ordinance of their God. So what, what, what Isaiah is talking about, or what the Lord is talking about through Isaiah, is that people go, look at me, I'm in church today. Okay, let's like bring it back here. I'm in church today, I'm doing my thing for Jesus, look at me. But yet come Monday, if you're a boss of a business, and you treat your employees like, like badly, well, what is that? That's what he's talking about. People seem, you know, on the surface that they're eagerly seeking me, yet when they're not in this place, things are very different. That's what he's talking about. Is there an amen to that? Are we going okay? Oh, good. This might just get a little bit heavy, just, just for a little bit, okay? But then there's always hope. He says, Is a fast such as this what I have chosen? Only for a day for a man to humble himself with sorrow in his soul. And that's the key. Only a day? Is that what I've chosen, the fast that I've chosen? Only a day? Is it only a day to bow down his head like a reed and to make sackcloth and ashes as a bed, pretending to have a, to, pretending to have a repentant heart? Do you call this a fast? You see, he's not after a day. He's after us. That our lives would be lives of worship to him. He wants all of our hearts. 
He wants every part of us. Is there an amen? So he goes on to say, rather, is this not the fast that I have chosen? Again, a life that is separated, a life that is set apart for the Lord. To undo the bonds of wickedness. In Bundaberg, there are bonds of wickedness. So this, this, this is the kind of fast I've chosen. Can you see it now? Not just for a day to humble yourself and go, oh, here I am, God. But I have, I have prescribed a fast to undo. Oh, hang on. I've got, lost the word. To, yeah, to undo the bonds of wickedness. To tear the ropes of the yoke and to let the oppressed go free. To break every enslaving yoke. Is it not to divide your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless into your house when you see the naked to clothe them and not to hide yourself from the needs of your own flesh and blood? You see, he's saying to the guys, don't just do your religious ritual and think that's it. But come to me and set yourselves apart and do what I will do. Jesus demonstrated these verses. Jesus will never ask us to do anything that he didn't do first. He says, come and lay your life down because what? He laid his life down. He said, go and make disciples because he came to make disciples. Whatever it is. And this is the hope. This is the kingdom manifestation. Then your light will break out like the dawn. Oh, praise God. No more darkness in Bundaberg, but the light of God breaking forth like the dawn. Can you picture it? And your healing, your restoration, and your new life will quickly spring forth. Your righteousness will go before you, leading you to peace and prosperity, and the glory of the Lord will be your regard. I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. Your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing, your restoration will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you, leading you to peace and prosperity, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and the Lord will say, here I am. If you take away, it gets a little bit heavy again for a minute. If you take away from your midst the yoke of oppression, the finger pointing, the wicked speech, if you offer yourself to assist the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, your light will rise in the darkness and the gloom will become like midday. And the Lord will continually guide you and satisfy your soul in scorched and dry places. He will give strength to your bones and you will be like a well-watered garden, a spring whose waters never fail. Oh, come on. How, what a beautiful picture is that. And here we go. And your people will rebuild the ancient ruins. You will raise up and restore the age-old foundations that have been laid waste. And you will be called repairer of the breach, restorer of streets of dwellings. That is lives. That is families. That's it. That's us. A people of restoration. To restore people to restore families, to restore the things 
you know, that were lost at the fall to see re- restoration. Acts chapter 3 says that heaven must receive him or retain Christ until the restoration of all things. I believe as we look to the return of Christ that God is looking for a people who will not just, you know, hold on, but who will occupy and increase and multiply and see greater manifestations of his kingdom. And in the meantime, he says, they're my people. I'm coming for them. Okay, Isaiah, we could like go right through 59 if you want, we could, but 60, like, this is awesome. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. We could prophesy that today. We could speak and declare that today. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Arise from spiritual depression to a new life. Who feels like they've been spiritually depressed at some point over the last 12 months? Come on, you can be honest. Arise from spiritual oppression. Maybe you should stand up right now. Arise from spiritual oppression. Arise from spiritual oppression to a new life, to a new life. Come on, stretch it out to a new life. Begin to praise God. It's what he says. Be radiant with the glory and the brilliance of the Lord for it's time for your light has come. You see, the enemy, the enemy wants to keep you down. Because he knows what happens when the church begins to arise and shine the glory of God. There's going to be rebuilding and renewing and restoring. Is there an amen? Uh, Anyway, Zion 61. Thanks for that. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. Now, Jesus used these words, didn't he? Because the Lord has anointed me and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and the afflicted. He sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted and to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives. Freedom to the prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God. Our God is a God of justice. In fact, righteousness and justice are the foundations of his throne. That is the vengeance of our God that is being spoken about. The justice of our God, is there an amen to that? To comfort all those who mourn and to grant to those who mourn in Zion the following, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment express, expressive of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. And they will be called trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent, distinguished for integrity, justice and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Amen. And then the result They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up and restore the former desolations. They will renew the ruined cities, the desolations, deserted settlements of many generations. Strangers will stand and feed your flocks. Foreigners will be your farmers and your vine dressers, and you shall be called priests of the Lord. People will speak of you as the ministers of our God and you will eat the wealth of nations and you will boast of their riches. Wow. Do we get a vision of the kingdom here? Do we? I hope we do. 
I hope we're getting a vision of the kingdom of God that was even being prophesied. It, under, under the old covenant, it was being prophesied that, that the Lord has come to bring heart transformation, heart restoration, lives being transformed and restored, not so that we can just enjoy life and have a great life, but so that we can be the agents of people who rebuild, renew and restore devastated cities in which we live. As I spend time with Jesus, and this is where I think the enemy's been hitting me hard because he's going, it won't happen, it won't happen, it won't happen. But there's something still in me that says, yes, it can. I believe Bundaberg can be changed by the presence and the glory of God. I believe that lives can be changed. We don't need to settle for second best. We don't need to settle for mediocrity. We don't need to settle for these things because God is looking for a people who will stand on his word and say, God, here we are. We're not just going to sing about it. We're just not going to worship about it. But we're actually going to be the agents and we're going to be the change. Whether it's on a, at the Monday night barbecue, feeding the homeless, the, or whether it's in your workplace with someone that comes in and their marriage is falling apart, or whether it's at the soccer club when someone comes off the field and they've done their ankle and you go, you know what, I'm just going to pray for you right now. Whatever it looks like, it's going to look different for each and every one of you. But the key is that we need to get involved in that. Because the promise of the Lord is that as we go, he said, and I will be with you always. To the very end of the age. There's no fear in that, is there? We can be like Jesus in the boat and we can just rest in that. True revival, true reformation will equal community transformation. It will. Any true revival, any true reformation will lead to community transformation. Because the river of God cannot be contained in a building, in a meeting, in an event. It cannot. It will run out the doors as we run out the doors and it will go. It will go. We have people trying to manufacture a revival in our nation in some sort of way and I'm not, I don't want to be a party pooper. But we need the real thing. The one that cannot stop. The one that goes out the doors and it floods the city. We sing about it. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come flood this place. Flood this place. Fill the atmosphere. Your glory, God. I read histories of moves of God, whether it's in Wales or the Isle of Hebrides or Azusa Street or wherever it is, like even ones that were in Fiji and ones that were in South America. And I read them and I go, it was communities were being transformed. Yes, God, I want to see that. But Lord, you need to transform me first. God, give me a revelation of what, everything that you have done for me. That I have been born again from above. I am no longer a citizen of this earth. I am a citizen of heaven. You are my inheritance. You are my joy. You are my hope. You are my peace. You are. 
God, show me everything that you have done for me. Let the true reality of the new birth be evident in me. That's a good prayer. Lord, let the true reality of the new birth be evident in me every day. Is there an amen to that? Woo! Music team, you can come up and... Jesus, today we say something like, Jesus, you are my king. We sang that, didn't we? I yield to you. Have all of me. Take, take my brokenness. Take, take my hurts. Take my pride. Take my unforgiveness. Take my grumbling and complaining. Take my negativity. Take my judgments. Take it all. And let the true reality of the new birth be evident in me. You see, without the reality of the new birth being evident in us, all we have is religion. But thanks be to God that He gave us a relationship. The Father sent His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He came not to condemn the world, but to save it. If you don't need, if you don't have the reality of the new birth in your life, if you struggle with that, maybe today is the time that you yield and say, God, I need that reality of the new birth in my life. If you don't know that, if you've never tasted that, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, before today, then today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of new beginnings. If you feel like your water's been a bit contaminated because you've, 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 you've had mixture, then today is the day to come and yield and say, God, I just want the rivers of living water to flow through me. Because God says, I take all that stuff and in return, I give life. I give righteousness. I give hope. I give joy. I give peace. I give love. We align with heaven. We recalibrate. And we align with heaven. Oh. What a great day to give it all to Him. Go, go away from today. Say, Lord, let the true reality of the new birth be evident in my life today. The old man has gone and the new one has come. Lord, give us your vision for Bundaberg. Not what we see, 
Not what the media says, not what someone else says, but only what you say. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over 